You're on the Coexist podcast with Sakani and my sister Ashe, where we talk to upcoming creatives in and about Pan Africa. Remember to subscribe to check out our next episode. And now tune in for our upcoming creative. podcast with myself Sakani Cobell and my co-host Ashe Cobell where we talk to creatives that are in Pan-Africa. So today we have Asha Renu with us and thank you for gracing us with your presence today. Um, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and what you do? 
Thank you for having me. My name is Aman Asharanu. I am here to really show forth what it really means to be an artist from every dimension and every angle that I can. I definitely want to off offer my personal expertise on these arts because these arts are universal. It makes us who we are. It is a part of our culture. We express ourselves in many different dimensions of our consciousness through art. So the things that cannot be said, we express through art, the things that are hard or the things that are beautiful, all of these things have a artistic expression. So we definitely want to show forth the vastness of our creative expression. So when it comes to me, I'm definitely a artist at heart. You know, I've been to the East, to the West. I have observed the culture from the ground level all the way up. And I've seen things that, you know, simply other people definitely would not ever see. You know, they may not ever want to see. So I definitely want to get into more of, you know, how the harshness of reality plays into art because through art, we tend to look for escape instead of emphasizing the reality. You know, art can also do that as well because art, you know, has no limitations. It has no boundaries, but I definitely want to, you know, show forth as many different angles as I can without being too long-winded, of course. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I appreciate that. That is really like eye-opening because I've never thought about the different dimensions, but for art, I feel like it does like definitely help you when you do want to express like maybe what's been going on in your life or just an alternate re realities that mm -hmm. you want to bring to light, for sure. Ashe, do you have questions you want to? Yeah, you know, when I first was introduced to you as a creator, you were creating YouTube videos. I think I first saw your YouTube videos back in 2016. And I think one of the videos, um, it talks about for serious creators only. Can you get into that and um, what that means and where that even stemmed from, that type of content? Well, the video you're referring to is how to manifest instantly for serious creators only. When it comes to the background of that particular video, because that's the most viewed video on my channel. And, you know, I recorded that yeah, maybe about six years ago, about 2014. You know, I probably recorded about five videos that day. You know, so to me as a creative, you know, that was just one of the many videos that I did that day. So you know, I had no idea that it would actually resonate with people in the way that it did. But to give some background, you know, because I never really gave any background to that video, but to give further background, I definitely wanted to hit on points that are normally reversed. So what I mean by that is, you know, for those who are into the Kudalini, who are into the chakras, who are into these things, you know, people are familiar with these things now. Most of the time we hear you have to start at the base chakra and work your way up to the crown chakra. So in that video, I use that as a opportunity to reverse what we have been used to hearing. So my perspective was start at the crown first and navigate your way down. Or in other words, start in the stars because we originate in the stars. Look up 
and watch the star dust distill into matter. Watch the process. Look up for God as an inspiration because if we start at the base chakra, which which is connected to the planet Mars, which represents our ability to survive, our survival instincts, our ability to really organize and structure our lives, our foundation. So from that perspective, we would say, okay, it's like planting the roots of the tree. You want to plant the roots of the tree so that the tree can spiral upward towards the sky. My perspective is everything comes from the stars. So everything actually starts above us, not below us. It's not the seeds that are the beginnings of life. It is the carbon because the beginnings of life or the building blocks of life is carbon. So everything starts with carbon and carbon comes from stars. Carbon is stardust. So without the stars dying and allowing us to capture that carbon and provide life and give life its meaning and its ability to be tangible and viewable by the physical eye. Okay. Can you- We allow ourselves to watch the process instead of we're in the process trying to figure it out. So my perspective of that is do not start in the process and try to figure it out. Step out of your cipher, step out of the circle, be the observer, look at yourself trying to solve the problem. Realize that we are more than just the physical body. We are more. You can say our astral body, you know, we have aura, we have many different aspects of consciousness more than the conscious mind because we understand that the conscious mind is only 10% of our reality. That is not responsible for the beat of the heart. It's not responsible for our dreams. The conscious mind, the purpose of the conscious mind is to direct your consciousness in terms of direct your thoughts. Then the subconscious takes over and that is what projects our reality. And our subconscious mind is not what we're necessarily thinking on a daily basis, it's more so what we are feeling. And those feelings go beyond our immediate surroundings. They can be connected to the past, they can be connected to the present, but they can also be connected to the futures, but they are not bound to one source. So me looking at the metaphysics of things, I'm like, okay, either we're gonna solve problems from where we are, or we're gonna step outside of the cipher and start coloring outside of the lines. So instead of trying to be structured, cause that's what Saturn represents, the crown chakra will represent the sun. So we are essentially differentiating the sun versus Saturn. The sun is the life giver. Saturn has historically been known as the second sun. So even Muslims to this day, when they pray to the Kaaba, they are worshiping the rotation of Saturn because it used to be the second sun, you know, when it was above the axis. So now that it is below the axis, you know, it is more dark, it's more of a magnetic sun. Mm -hmm. So you essentially have a white sun and a black sun, essentially. The white sun more so, the white just represents our ability to project the black is our ability to absorb. So one energy is projecting, one energy is absorbing. So we either are absorbing our immediate environment 
from our consciousness or we are projecting from the outside. And that's how we are able to supersede our circumstance by stepping outside of it. So that's just, you know, a little background in terms of why I titled it How to Manifest Instantly, to stepping outside of the environment, start at the crown, start at the source, start with the sun, start with the life giver versus the organizer or the arranger or your survival instinct. That becomes later or that comes later because that part of yourself has to be refined. Saturn has to be refined. So you say your base self has to be refined. So we have to go through a process of refinement. So if we start with the sun, by the time we reach Saturn, we have refined ourselves. But if we start with Saturn and try to make our way to the sun, we see how that becomes more, you know, you can say, this is what creates things like writer's block. If we're talking about artistry, writer's block is essentially you're starting at the base and you're trying to end up at the crown. But if you start with the result and you double back the process, you get a different type of situation. So if you think about the results, it's, it's essentially like thinking about a song already finished. Mm -hmm. So if you are a writer of music, you're visualizing the finished product. You're visualizing the song complete. And then you process the steps. Okay, how do I get to this completion versus I have a blank sheet of paper and I'm trying to figure out what should I write? What would the title be? You know, we go through this whole process of trying to establish these parameters. So once again, this is the essence or the influence of Saturn. We're trying to establish parameters with our thinking process. But with the crown or with the sun, we are able to color outside the bounds and be more abstract, tap into the subconscious versus just the conscious mind. And we are able to tap into the alpha brain waves because our alpha brain waves is what stimulates creativity. Creativity is stimulated when we tap into the alpha brain waves. Most of the time we are in beta brain waves. Beta brain waves is when we are, you know, processing information. Alpha brain waves is when we are relaxed. When we are relaxed, we can receive inspiration from the subconscious. But when we are in beta, the conscious mind dominates. And when the conscious mind dominates, that means a 10% dominates. It is useful, you know, when you're driving on the freeway, high speed, when you're at work, when you're working with machinery, you need to be fully conscious when you're doing that type of work, when, you know, when you can potentially, you know, harm. But when it comes to the creativity, we need to be as relaxed as possible. We have to create from abundance. We can never create from lack. We can never create trying to gain. We must already have and multiply what we have. And when we multiply what we have, then there's no problem. We're all so giving people that. you're giving people like the tools, creatives, the tools they need to in order to produce or have their manifestations come to life and the process they need to go through. Absolutely. Break it down. And then um, I guess from my standpoint, just like your knowledge of it is so in depth for someone that kind of may just be stepping into it and doesn't really understand, where would you tell them to start? Definitely as a beginner, as a novice, I first started with meditation. I just dedicated myself to meditating every day, 4 a.m. You know, that was just my personal choice. I say dedicate 
yourself to a new habit. So the new habit for me was meditation. I wanted to see for myself what meditation does. I had seen documentaries about meditation. I would watch YouTube, you know, YouTube videos about meditation. Again, this is 10 years ago, you know, 2009. You know, this is before 2012. This is before, you know, you can just look up and find this thing, these topics with ease. So it was a little harder to access this information. So the information was kind of different. So when you say, you know, my, my, I'm able to go a little deeper because I feel I've studied older works because I've kind of been around a little bit longer than, you know, people who have just kind of came around. So, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm, I can be a connector, you know, the, the middleman who can help to initiate you into further forbidden mysteries. And what I mean by further forbidden mysteries is all of the things that we may be unfamiliar with that may make us feel a certain type of way because that represents our shadow. What I mean by our shadow is when we are triggered emotionally by anything, whether positive or negative, it is our shadow that is responding. So that's not the conscious mind because our emotions are not dominated by the conscious mind. The emotions are dominated by the subconscious. So whenever we have a response or we, whenever we have a reaction to anything, we know that that is coming from the subconscious so that we know that that's a clue as to, okay, why am I responding to this stimulation in this certain way? So it's a perfect opportunity for us to study ourselves as to what is it that makes us react? What is it that makes us respond? Because once we have that foresight, once we have that foreknowledge, we can then create Creation is just alchemy, our ability to integrate our free will. Because I say free will is not free. What I mean by free will is not free, mean, meaning it costs to have independent thought. What I mean by it costs to have independent thought, meaning it requires experience. Whenever you want to manifest something original, you have to go a route or you have to walk a path that no one else has walked before. Okay. So now you are able to guide those along a path that you walked alone by yourself, no one else is around. And even if you do this subconsciously, you know, some people call this astral traveling, some people call this lucid dreaming. So this isn't necessarily always a process that is external, especially when it deals with the subconscious mind, because most of the time, our subconscious mind speaks the loudest when we dream. So our dream body, our dream self is really showing us exactly what is beneath the surface, which is our real self. This is going beyond the ego. Our ego is just our protective shell. Our ego is how we function in this world. And this is what I mean by you know, going into the darker mysteries. Our ego has been manufactured to do what we need to do to survive in this world. That is our ego. So meaning our ability to follow the law, you know, to abide by the law, to follow the rules, to do what we have to do to make sure that we survive on this plane. That is the manifestation of the ego. But we also have what is called the alter ego. The alter ego is the exact opposite of the ego. It's everything that your ego is not. Because it's everything that your ego is not, that is your most creative self. Your most creative self is the exact opposite of who you think you are. Because who we think we are is a manifestation of what we need to do to get along, you know, to, so, be able to do what we want to do. So which one is more true to who someone truly is? 
it will be the alter ego because the alter ego is unfiltered. So you can say the alter ego is yourself without a filter. The ego is yourself with the filter. So if you were to remove the filter, then you would be introduced to your alter ego. And a way to describe this is we have, you know, uh, religions or ways of life like voodoo. And within the way of life or the religion, or, you know, I don't, I don't want to disrespect it. You know, I want to give it the highest respects. They have a certain class of spirits called the barons. And the barons are spirits of the dead. So they have very, very raunchy behavior, very sexual behavior. This is just the nature of the barons because they're dead. So they don't have fear in their heart. The fear that we have in our heart, the fear of consequence. They do not have the fear of consequence. So if you were to interact with these spirits or these spirits come to you, they will come to you in a manner or the way you will be able to notice these spirits is their behavior. Like, oh, if you may hear something again, everyone connects with the spirit differently. Some people hear voices, some people see images, some people are clairvoyant, some people are clairaudient, some people are clairsentient. But getting back to the basis of your question, like, you know, just starting at the beginnings, and like if you if you know nothing and you want to slowly build up your way, I say start with meditation because you know i can recommend books you know i can say read this or read that but that may or may not be effective depending on who the reader is depending who the observer is so everyone is different so what i know to be universally effective is meditation because through meditation everything that you need for your personal evolution will come to you you have to receive it meaning you have to completely release you know we we go to sleep stressed, you know, we wake up stressed, you know, cause just the, the stress of life. So meditation teaches us to completely let go so that we can begin to enjoy the other side. We can enjoy the alter ego. We can enjoy our dreams. Just start dreaming again, start documenting your dreams. Many of us do not honor our dreams enough to truly understand who we are. Our greatest inspirations will come from our dreams but we have to build that connection with the subconscious, with our emotional self, with our alter ego. The connection has to be built. This is also, you know, going into Carl Jung and psychology, the anima and the animus, you know, things that really get in depth because the more we build that inner connection with ourselves, it bleeds out into the actual reality. So for example, as a man, every man has an anima, every woman has an animus. The greater relationship you have with the anima or the animus, it actually affects your relationships with the opposite sex in real time. So all of our relationships with the opposite sex as a whole is sourced or the source of that connection rests in our opposite, which is called the anima and the animus. You know, just so I would say start off with the basic concepts, mm -hmm. anima, animus the subconscious mind and how that projects our reality. Our emotions actually trigger what is hiding beneath our conscious mind. When that feels like they have no control of their thoughts or their actions, Yes. how do they tap into being like, okay, like this is something that I, you know, I can direct in the right manner mm -hmm. where I manifest for my- Can I add a question purpose. to that? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, like, can you also talk about it? Like when you, when you witness it too? Like when you witness maybe mm -hmm. somebody that doesn't have control of their emotions, but 
also when you're witnessing yourself, not having control of your emotions. Mm. Okay. So from one aspect, we're dealing with thought and the other aspect we're dealing with emotion, being able to observe and witness and really see these things manifest. So let's deal with thought first and foremost. The reason why thought appears to be untamed because we have about maybe 60,000 thoughts per day if we want to get mathematical. So we have about 60,000 thoughts per day. So there is absolutely no way we're going to remember everything that we think if we just leave our mind on autopilot. So if we leave our mind on autopilot, we're going to go, up, go through about 60,000 thoughts. If we instead direct our thoughts, and this is what mantras are for, or words of power, or affirmations, you know, or magical alphabets, everyone has their thing. The reason why you place your attention on these symbols is to direct your thoughts so that you slow down so that 60,000 becomes 30, that 30 becomes 10, the 10 becomes five, five becomes three. We can slow down our thoughts and our thinking by directing it with a focus. So if you feel like your thoughts are not in your control or they just have a mind of their own, it's because it does, you know, because it is not just the conscious mind. It's not just what we necessarily think ourselves. You say like thoughts are on autopilot because they also are subconscious and unconscious. So consciousness is three-dimensional. So you have the conscious, you have the subconscious, then you also have the unconscious. So all of those three are responsible for those 60,000 thoughts. So we have the thoughts that we are directing with the conscious mind on a daily basis, but we also have subconscious thoughts which are rooted in our emotion. So we still may be thinking about past situations, you know, past feelings, you know, it can be anything that just kind of miraculously spiral up in your emotional frequency. So when it comes to thought, we have to understand the three dimensions of consciousness, conscious, subconscious, unconscious. So we're not just talking about the thoughts that we are directing with the conscious, we're also talking about our emotions. Then we're also talking about the alter ego, and that is the unconscious mind. So the unconscious mind is basically the alter ego, as we explained earlier. So we have to get to a place of no thought. The place of no thought, you know, they call it samadhi. The place of samadhi. Samadhi is no thought. No thought is simply when you have control. Basically, you are able to slow down your thoughts. You basically, you have to manipulate time. Time is eternal. Time is not external, time is internal. So when we say we all have the same 24 hours, that is not necessarily true because you know time either goes fast or slow depending on how you feel about it. So time is it set in stone as it appears. The time outside of us is an illusion. The real time is internal. The real time is you actually can manipulate and control time internally. So when we look at our clocks to verify what time it is, when we instead look inside of ourselves, we get a different result. So for example, if you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. and you place that thought in your mind, and then you wake up at 4 a.m. without an alarm because you place that intention inside your thought, then you realize, okay, I can actually wake myself up. I can plant a thought, I can plant a seed, and it actually will manifest. I'm going to wake up at this time because this is the time that I set my personal alarm because this is our personal time. So you set a personal alarm based on your personal time. Then we also know when you dream, time is different. You may have a 
super long dream, but not a lot of time passes. So the time dynamics changes based on which consciousness you're in. So consciousness has a certain time law, subconscious has a certain time law, unconscious has a certain time law. So this is why we these are different states of consciousness because they, they manipulate different forms of time because time is eternal. So when it comes to no thought and you feel like you can't control the thought or the emotion, this is basically it all boils down to time because we cannot do anything outside the bounds of time. In the sense of everything takes place within time. So if we're thinking, we're thinking within time. If we're feeling, we're feeling within time. So time is a currency. Time is a form of currency. Time is the most valuable form of currency because you need time to do anything. You can't make any type of motion without time. So time is the most valuable currency. But we have to properly invest. So the same way we talk about investing with capital, we can invest with time. So it's proper time investment. So time investment into words of power. So for me personally, what I do to slow down my thoughts, what I do to you know, help me to literally be the observer. I use the Hebrew language. I use the magical alphabet of the Hebrew language, not necessarily like speaking the Hebrew language, just using the letters because they represent 22 dimensions of consciousness. The 22 dimensions of consciousness is just the 10 planets and the 12 zodiac signs. So basically it's the stars, the planets and the stars, just symbols, the symbols of the planets and stars, but they all represent states of consciousness, which we have 22 of. Then again, now we're going to see, you know, Kabbalistic science and all that, because then you have, you know, 10 Sephiroth, which gets you to 33, which then goes to Jesus Christ at 33, the 33 vertebrae in the back. So if we're talking about Kudalini, your Kudalini goes through your 33 vertebrae in your spine. So this is all ancient mathematics, just concealed in stories. So we're essentially telling the same story over and over again, and it all goes back to getting to getting into a state of no thought, getting into that state of samadhi, where we are able to literally see creation from beginning to end, like you said, what people say, God, right? So God is the creator. God sees the beginning and end of creation. We only see the end of creation. We only see essentially what we manifest. We're not necessarily seeing the causes in a, in a sense of we may not see how we have caused these scenarios to appear in our lives. We are the cause, but we may not necessarily know what the cause is. So this is why we have spiritual systems to guide us through these prisms of consciousness, because consciousness is very complex. So that's why we had ancient systems. That's why we have astrology, numerology, tarot, so on and so forth. We have these systems to help us to navigate these various dimensions of consciousness. So when it comes to emotion, so for example, the Hebrew letter that connects to emotion is gamel, G-I-M-E-L, gamel. Gamel, the symbol of gamel is a cat. So it connects you to the frequency of the moon. So if you want to understand the moon, you work with Gamel. And the idea behind Gamel is a camel. The camel just represents Gamel because a camel can see through its eyelids and it also stores water in its humps. So the reason why camels can navigate the deserts is because they can close their eyes and still have sight. So the sandstorms doesn't do anything to them. So the camel corresponds with the moon, which corresponds to our subconscious mind, which corresponds to our emotion. So all this is just a state of consciousness. So if we're talking about thought, now we're talking about the Hebrew letter Beth. 
B-E-T, the Hebrew letter Beth. So Beth represents the house of God. So we have Gamel, which represents the camel. Beth represents the house of God, So which is like the Kaaba. So it's like a house of God. The house of God can be the human vessel. So you can say we are houses of the Holy Spirit, you can, however you want to put it. So Beth does represent the conscious mind or thought. So if you want to truly understand thought, to slow it down, to have it better understood so that you can direct it fully you can use the word beth for the emotional understanding you can use the hebrew letter gamel so you know anyone watching this whether now or in the future you can try these things for yourself and weigh the results based on your personal experience so well each person that utilizes um their symbols correct they would they experience it differently or um have different answers that come from you utilizing them okay. because of what they're thinking mm -hmm. about or of what emotions are coming okay so we understand that everything is dualistic this is the law of polarity everything has a positive and a negative charge so when it comes to you know what is called the subjective experience so yes, when I activate Gamel, what comes up for me will be based on what is within my own subconscious mind. And when someone else activates it, their results will be based on their subconscious mind. But the common denominator is the system itself. And this is why we have the system so that we can come together and find some common denominators to subjective experiences. So this is how essentially language was developed in the first place. So we know that, you know, we all have a subjective experience, but through the English language, we have some type of common denominator. We have some common ground where we can share ideas. So even though it is subjective, the English language or the symbols, because the English language is just glyphs or symbols, through the glyphs and the symbols, we are able to express ideas and find the common ground. So for this particular form of communication, the common ground is the English language or the English glyphs. So it's the same thing. So instead of using the English glyphs, I'm just using the Hebrew glyphs, but it's the same system. It's the same science. You're using glyphs. Why? Because glyphs go directly to the subconscious mind. So the reason why you use glyphs and the reason why I use Hebrew, because you do not have resistance from the ego or the what is called the conscious mind. So, for example, like if a person is using a word of power, like I am rich, I am wealthy, you know, if you're using the English language, the conscious mind can block that because it understands what you're trying to do or the ego. So the ego wants to protect you. The ego does not want to change. So the ego is looking like, well, if that's not true, then the ego, like, well, that's not true. But if you use a Hebrew uh, word or letter, for example, gamel, 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 the conscious mind isn't stopping that. It's going directly to the subconscious. It's penetrating directly so you can have a result. Like there is, there's nothing that's going to stop that because the language of the subconscious mind is symbols. So the, the whole language of the subconscious mind is symbols. So through symbols, we understand our dreams. Through symbols, we understand who we really are. It all starts with the symbols. And that's why the original symbols are the planets and the stars. And that's why the Hebrew letters are connected to the planets and the stars, because we have been studying the stars since the beginning of time. That's the one thing that has not changed. 
there has been many things that has changed, but what has not changed is the study of the stars. And we know that the movements of those stars have an influence of what's going on in our actual reality. And the more we understand how to correspond the moves, the movement of the stars with the movements of our emotions and the movements of our thoughts and the movements of our dreams, we realize that all of these things are interconnected. And this is what people say when they want to get into alignment, you know, and they want to get in tune. It's just reconnecting with the movements of the stars and the effect they have on us. Because the more and more you get into the science, the more and more you realize that it is true. You're not going to get into astrology and say that it's not true. But this is the thing. It is not based on the scientific method. So this is the thing. Because astrology is not based on the scientific method, you're not, this is what makes it different for everyone. This is why everyone can have a different subjective experience because this is chaos theory. Because chaos theory gives birth to the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect is you may have the same source, which is the butterfly, but the effects of that butterfly can end up anywhere. The flap of the butterfly wings can one day become a tornado or just a gust of wind that doesn't have an effect on anything. That's chaos theory. So this is what, the occult or all of these secret sciences, they're based on chaos theory. So chaos theory is you have 10 people in a room, you all say, okay, we all gonna say the same word. You're gonna have 10 different experiences, but there's gonna be a common denominator between those 10 different experiences. And that's what we record through the glyphs. What is the common denominator between these 10 different things? Where is the connector? And that connector becomes the alphabets. That's how the English language was manifested. What is the common denominator between all of these collective subjective experiences? So this is why we have the language to speak. So we just speak on common ground, even though we know everyone's experience is different. Wow, thank you for sharing that. I feel like I learned so much. Um, I'm definitely gonna have to go back through and take some notes <laughs> to have some things to study up on. Because I definitely- Absolutely. Um, sometimes like there are things that are surface level that it's like, okay, like astrology or, you know, certain types of meditations and things, but you always kind of bring like the deeper side to it. So um, is that that deeper side is essentially it's the dark side. You know, this is, this is a part of reality that, you know, a lot of our people are, you know, they're, they're not, they're not going to deal with this side, you know, they don't want to be around skulls and, you know, this, the, the more evil or the so-called demonic energy, because we have been influenced by all of these circumstances around us. For example, it's the law. The law changes all the time. What is, what is not okay now was okay at one point. Mm. So we see like the media, you know, let's, for example, like the media like destroys people's characters like for doing the wrong thing but that's only because it's not accepted in these times but that wasn't always the case just like astrology before the 17th century astrology was a scholarly science you had to go to school you had to go to college this was a scholarly study prior to the 17th century what happened what happened in the 17th century is the scientific revolution they started to focus more on the scientific method, more on the materialism of things. So that's why science, they can tell you everything about the materialisms of life. 
the dimensions they can tell you, but they can't tell you about the metaphysical. And once you go into the quantum, such as quantum physics, then they start to say they don't know what's going on. They don't, they can't give you any answers at that point. So there is no definite because we do not see the real reality. We just see the image. See, there's a real thing, and then there's an image of the real thing. We only see the image of real things with our eyes. The actual, the, what perceives the, re the realness of a thing is the third eye or the astral sight or what is called the second sight. And that's what we start to see things differently and experience life from a whole different perspective when we begin to focus on the essence of things and not the projections, not what we see. Because we again, it's just atoms, it's just electrons. We're just seeing the manifestation of atoms, but we're not seeing the atom itself. The atom itself is invisible. We can't see atoms with our eyes, but we see projections. We see images of atoms when they have compiled themselves together and they have a collective agreement. So that collective agreement is whatever you perceive, but you don't see the individual atoms. You just see the projection, the collective projection of the atoms. So when we experience what is invisible, what is metaphysical, what is quantum, what is subatomic, what is astral, what is spiritual, all of these things are the same. Because reality, this is why our ancestors, it doesn't matter where we come from on this planet, they were all into astrology. We have the evidence all over this planet they made sure to leave us that. If they didn't leave us anything else, they just wanted us to know that we were observing the movements of the stars. We may not have anything else. We just know that they were having devices and tools and they, they knew how to chart the stars. We know that for a fact all over the planet. So all of these people didn't necessarily interact, but they all came to these same conclusions. That's why there's so many different forms of astrology. You got Chinese astrology, we just went through the Chinese New Year. It's a year of the ox. You know, so, you know, most people may not know, you know, the ox. Well, the ox, actually, there's a Hebrew letter called Aleph. And the symbol of Aleph is the ox. So if you really want to know what that means, like the year of the ox, there is, there's, again, that's only the image. That's just the projection. That's not the essence. The essence of the ox, the ox cannot be tamed. So the ox is a symbol of the father energy. The energy that is untamed like you're, you're not going to tame this energy this is it this is the energy that will manifest the will to manifest and it is not attached to results the will to manifest irregardless of the results that's essentially what the ox is the ox just wants to express itself irregardless of the results so this as creators we essentially have to adopt the energy of the ox because this is a year of the ox and again the chinese new year is based on the new moon so it started uh, February 16th, so uh, two days ago. So, you know, our new year starts January 1st, but their new year starts, you know, based on the new moon because they are followers of the moon, just like Islam. They are followers of the moon over here on the West. We are, excuse me, we are followers of the, of the sun. We are solar beings. But once you go to the Eastern hemisphere, they become lunar beings. And that's why everything is different over there. The law is different. The culture is different. Well, you know, what's acceptable is different. You know, everything is completely different because one is solar based and one is lunar based because the whole world is a magnet. It all goes back to magnetism and electricity and these basic fundamental laws, which all revolves around the secret number seven. All right, so that's just it's the symbols. Like numbers are symbols. Numbers, the numbers we use to count, they are Arabic symbols. 
zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those are Arabic symbols, even though we're in America, but these are Arabic symbols. They also have a connection, you know, with the with the the, the Hindu. They're like Hindu slash Arabic symbols. That's why that's why numerology works. So the so we, we spoke about astrology, then you have numerology. The reason why numerology is effective because there's these numbers that we use are magical symbols. We just don't realize it. Right. But they are magical symbols. We just only study the image. We don't study the essence. But when you study the essence and you give attributes to the numbers, you can look at anybody's living number and you can you can know exactly what happens in everyone's household just by knowing the essence of the numbers. Wow. That's how that's home numerology. Right? Yeah. The people that I know that do utilize it, it seems like they're have a lot better understanding of themselves and like how like they want to move in the world instead of letting the world move them if that does that make sense yes because these things are forbidden you know in in the mainstream you know if you are a part of any religious organization they're not necessarily cool with astrology numerology tarot you ain't just bringing tarot desk giving tarot readings they're not you're not really you know you're not going to be invited you know if, if you bring that energy so if you decide to go that route, you see, you kind of, you do it in the dark, you do it alone, you go off somewhere, you do it away from civilization, essentially, you have to go off somewhere into the woods, just metaphorically, and begin to study yourself. So the reason why people find themselves in astrology, because your blueprint is already documented, it's already charted, it, it, it's called the natal chart, at the time of our birth. So our whole life has already been predestined. We are just making the decisions in the meantime to either go on this side or the other side. So many people, the, the reason why people don't believe in astrology because it's not a belief system. What I mean by that is astrology isn't something that, see astrology and astronomy are one and the same. They separate it. Like it's acceptable to be an astronomer, but it's not acceptable to be an astrologer. But again, you were learning all of these things at one time prior to the scientific revolution. So you didn't learn one or the other. So astronomy is just concerned with the external. Astrology is concerned with the internal. So an astronomer can tell you everything about the sun. An astrologer is telling you about the essence of the sun. So again, we go back to that essence versus the image. So the astronomer is concerned with the image, the astrologer is concerned with the essence. And because we're concerned with the essence, that is different for everyone because we all have a different natal chart. There are no two natal charts that are exactly the same. So how the planets affect us because the planets affect our psyche. So when we talk about the actual planets, so the planets have an effect on us, but how do they affect us? They are affecting our psyche. The psyche is just the unconscious mind. So the planets affect all of us through our psyche and how it affects us is based upon our natal chart, which is our star blueprint. Remember, we all come from the stars. So anyone who says they don't believe in astrology is basically saying we didn't come from the stars, but they can't prove that. So ask... And again, I'm not saying you, but just as a, just to put it out there, anyone who may not be open to these arts, if you accept the fact that you are made from carbon, your physical being, your physical essence is composed of carbon, and you know carbon has its origin in the stars. That's where carbon comes from, dead stars. Carbon is dead stars. When stars die, they produce carbon. So we accept this as a fact, and all we're doing with astrology is giving definition 
to what we already know to be fact. And we give it refinement. We're refining what we already know to be true. So we is there's no need to believe that we came from the stars. We know we came from the stars. We know that we are all living stars. We are the stars in human form. We are spirits with matter. We are within matter. We know that we are more than matter. So if we are more than matter, just like the stars that we see are more than what we see, these are signatures. That's why everyone has a birth star. Everyone has a natal chart, but everyone has a birth star. This is not necessarily within mainstream astrology, but everyone has a birth star. We all have a signature or a blueprint that we manifest on the physical plane. That's why when you see what's going on, I'll say when you see what your birth star is, when you see what your natal chart has, you're like, oh, this is just telling me about me. It's just telling me what I already knew, but it's also letting me know what I did know about myself. And that's how we are able to manifest our totality. We have to discover our hidden abilities. We already know what we know about ourselves. You know, that's that's through second nature. You know, we it's, just, it's in your blueprint. It comes out naturally. But some aspects of our consciousness and our personality does not come out naturally. It has to be triggered. It has to be stimulated. It has to be a certain star combination in the sky for it to manifest. But that's what the systems are for. That's why we use, again, the Hebrew or even the English. Because even if you use the English, you just have to give the English a new definition. So, for example, you know, you have something like Supreme Alphabet. Supreme Alphabet just gives different definitions to the, 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 the letters. A becomes a law. B is B. C is C. D is destroy or divine. E is equality. So on and so forth. You're just giving attributes to the letters. So that means every letter. So that means anybody's name has attributes. Every letter has an attribute. But then every letter has a number. A is 1. B is 2. C is 3. All the way to Z, which will be 26. So we take it back to numerology. You can break down anybody's name to a single digit and it'll take you to a planet. You can break down the individual components to a person. Like this is when we begin to do this in real time, there is no denying that when you base your life and root yourself in mathematics, you're not going to go wrong. So that's why I hold faith in astrology and numerology, because it's not telling you to believe in something that's not real. We're also tracking the stars and we're tracking the movements. And we're noticing through observation, through subjective observation, the results of the effects of the stars on our psyche. And the more and more we begin to see these patterns of manifestation that we don't have no, no part to play in, this is just the natural cycles of the stars. We're just watching them play out and we are able to position ourselves to receive accordingly. But, you know, this, it has to be revealed from within what I mean by within is just, it's just what all wisdom has to come from within. And that's why I say, you know, I'm not going to recommend any books or any of that. It, we have to educate ourselves. And we know education is just bringing out what is within. We have to bring forth what is within. And the best tools we have to bring forth what is within is the astrology, the numerology, the tarot, all things that are dark, hidden in the back, concealed. And, you know, just far away from the mainstream, you know, that's it's, it's hidden. It's a caught, it's secret, and it's, it's going to always be that way. So there's going to always be people against the reality of things because this is supposed to be polarity. So it's, it's supposed to be fun. It's like playing chess. You know, we just have to sit back and enjoy it. 
Okay, wow. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to ask. I'm like, is it always going to be that way? Is it because it feels like a lot more people, especially with um, having the internet and online and the ability to access it, a lot more people look for it, you know, because they can and they, they have like the information in front of them. So it seems like it's an interest that's growing. And um, I don't know necessarily, but personally, like, it feels like a lot of people are like moving away from religion. Maybe like they still have like their beliefs, but they may not follow so strictly like the the rules within it because they feel like okay I might have to just live the life that I'm supposed to live which may not necessarily go by these rules so yeah I really appreciate you for dropping that knowledge I, I wanted to get into not just you as a scientist you know um and of course the, the very important work that you're doing out here as a teacher but your music your dancing you know, you're a very multifaceted person, uh, definitely a Renaissance man. We can talk about more about all the different things that you do um, as a rap artist, as a dancer, as a graffiti artist, um, as a poet. You know, there's a lot of different other things that you touch on as well. It's, it's hip hop. You know, to me, hip hop is hip hop. Yeah, you know, yeah. To, to me, like hip hop is so much more than the music. Hip hop is who we are. To me, hip hop is our culture. That's why you know it, it reminds us of home. Whatever we feel home is, hip hop reminds us of, of that. So whether it's the sounds or the beat frequencies or the way we dress, the way we move, it's the entirety of who we are. Because it, you may have ten different people that's into ten different forms of hip hop, but it's still hip hop. You know, everyone has their form because hip hop has subgenres. So everyone can find themselves in it somewhere. And when you find yourself, or if you can't locate yourself, then you can do it yourself because it's our culture. So if you can't find yourself, you can create yourself. So through hip hop, we forge our personality. We forge the greater aspect of ourselves, as I say, the higher self. I call it the holy guardian angel. So like when a person is on stage, when you're rapping, like this is your higher self. This is not necessarily like the same person you are when you're having a one-on-one conversation. This is the greater aspects of, our, of ourselves and yourself. So through poetry, because this is artistic, through writing, describing our ability to scribe mathematics lyrics just the abilities that we have laden within us hip-hop allows us to express ourselves without any technology without anything if all you had is just people in a room some hip-hop can be manifested with nothing but people and the mentality their intention so to me again it's to me, hip-hop is our overall culture. We may we may be different with the sub subculture, you know, some people, the American, the African, the European, we're, you know, we different on surface level, but the essence of it, we are all the essence of hip-hop, because hip-hop, you see, has an effect on the entire world. The entire world has embraced hip-hop. So that tells you right there, that is the universal culture because it is world embrace. It's all about finding yourself in it. And if you are not there, you can put yourself there. You can be a part of this history. This isn't something far-fetched. It's easier to be an artist than to be anyone else because we are naturally creative people. We are able to utilize our creativity to materialize a whole reality that didn't exist. 
Through creativity, we forge new realities. Creativity is the source, it's the essence of all things that are, that are, you can say, real to us. I don't want to say real to everyone because everyone doesn't have an appreciation for the culture. If you appreciate the spirit, to me, hip hop is a spirit. That's what I say. Like hip hop breaks down a nine. If we numerology, hip hop breaks up, breaks down a nine. Nine is the highest frequency. It's the highest vibration. You can say it's the essence of love. Love, the word love breaks down a nine. Also, law breaks down a nine. So that's what I do with numerology. I'm just finding, you know, what words break down because all words that break down to the same number have a connection. There's a correspondence there. You know what I mean? So hip hop hip hop is the highest frequency hip hop you know hip hop is also hot p hot p is an egyptian deity you know that takes us to the nile valley the pyramids and all that pyramids is at the center of the earth which is just a reminder the pyramids are just simply a reminder to all people on the earth of the reality because again there is no one who can just tell you exactly how the pyramids were built and what they were for it's still a mystery but the mystery is only a mystery if we're looking at it from the surface that's why I say if we were able to bring it forth from within, that is our culture, our culture. We can bring something original into matter. We can bring nothing into something. That is the culture. It is alchemy. Hip-hop is alchemy. With nothing, you see, we start with nothing. Hip-hop started with nothing in the mud, in the streets, in the dark, with nothing. Only a essence. And that essence has forced an entire reality that has become universal. And that's what I saw. I'm like, from, from the East to the West, I'm like, okay, I'm hip hop. I'm accepted everywhere from New York all the way to Los Angeles. So if you're hip hop, you can go anywhere on this planet. And that's, that's just a reality. You, if you carry that culture in the, in, with your sincerity and authentically carry yourself with pride, like this is my culture. This comes directly from the center of the planet. This comes from the apex of the planet. This comes from the only wonder of the world still standing. The pyramids are the only thing still standing out of everything that our ancestors have left us all around the world. This, they, they, tried to, they tried to destroy the pyramids. They just couldn't. You know, the pyramids are damaged. They tried to destroy it. They just couldn't. They got tired of it. It's not, they didn't leave it up there because they wanted us to see it. But again, it's a universal culture. So it ain't whether we're from there or we're from here, it's the culture and the culture is in the ether. The culture is etheric and we're able to manifest that, e that etheric force into the physical plane. So through hip hop, we ignite this planet, you know? So all hail hip hop, that's what I say, you know? And uh, I, guess, I guess final questions, you know, I got a lot of questions, but I guess final question, where is the practitioner in hip hop? Like, do you think practitioners have a place in hip hop? The practitioners you know remain, they remain behind the scenes. Okay. Like, as for example, like the astrologer, the astrologer remains behind the scenes. It's not too many people in the mainstream that's going to say they have an astrologer that advises them that has able to track their whole destiny and they're, they're following the path. It's not too many people who just wanna come out and let that be known, it remains secret. But that is our, our culture is mysterious. Our culture is secret. They ain't supposed to know what's going on, what we're talking, it ain't supposed to be known. That's why when we listen to hip hop, you see, if you don't speak the language, you don't know what's going on. But you see, because we speak the language, like we can use a metaphor that has never been used. And we know exactly what they're talking about. 
you know, they can use a metaphor for money that ain't never been used before, you know, but, they, but we know what they're talking about. And that was the first time they did it. Because that's, it's the saying, that's, that's, that's our language. So it's the English within English. Hip hop is English within English. The symbol within the symbol. So the practitioner studies the language. So we use the English language. So to be a master, to be the master hip hop or a hip hop artist in any dimension, you must master the English language, the symbolism, because we use that language. The language is the medium to manifest yourself on the world, on the world stage. It's the English language, You're the mastery of language. So you must be the master of tongues. You have to master the art of tongues. Because if you master the art of tongues, it's, it's like there's nothing that you can't do or you can't get. You can walk up to anybody and speak their language and tell them, okay, this is what I need. And they, they don't know what, the, what how to react. They just give it to you. The, your ability to charm the world is through hip hop, your understanding. So the practitioner, that's why we have to take these things seriously. So we see the artists on the forefront. We see the dancers. We see the, the face. Because you know they, they speak about this in the in the Zulu nation, the, the Zulu nation. They talk about the party face of hip hop. Hip hop has a party face, so that's what the world sees. The world sees the party face or the surface of hip hop. But there is many dimensions beyond hip hop because hip hop has an occult origin. Especially if we're saying if it's from Egypt, the master alchemist. So of course, if we don't even know what they did, we're still trying to figure out what they did. So hip hop is the same way. This is still supposed to be figuring out what, what you was talking about five years ago. That's what we're, because hip hop is all about the future. What other way of life is futuristic and based upon the future other than hip hop? Hip hop was always, since its origins, been based on the future. It's been futuristic. It's about what's the next sound, what's the new thing, what's the next thing. It's about placing your mind in the future and charting your path to the future. So placing yourself in the future and like, okay, how do I get there? But let me place myself there. So the origin or the essence of hip hop is placing yourself in a futuristic mindset and charting your path. So if your path is through, how can I turn these words into money? How can I use my body and turn it into an artistic vessel so that people want to observe my movements? You're just, it's, a, it's alchemy. Whatever element of hip hop you use, because there's nine elements of hip hop, whatever element of hip hop you use, that is your vessel to manifest yourself on the world stage. So again, whether you're MCing, you're b-boying or b-girling, you're b-boxing, you're the, you're the DJ, you're the producer, you're the, the, the street linguist, you, you speak the language, you know how to dress. It does not matter what aspect there is again there's nine it don't matter which one let me make sure i have them all so you got the street language right you got the street um apparel or the the, the way this the street knowledge so the street language the street knowledge so this is essentially all of these things so we've got the knowledge the knowledge from the streets that means the knowledge from the dark egypt call it the halls of the minty the halls of the minty is is beneath the pyramids the Below the pyramids or beneath the pyramids is called the halls of the Menti, and that's how we reincarnate. So we master life and death by going into the darkness. So this is explained in the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. So if you read the Emerald, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, he talks about Thoth talks about the halls of the Menti and how he he forges his soul anew through the halls of the Menti, and only only a few people, only a few brave souls will journey to this hall of the Menti. So that means it's only a few of us who will really take that path into the halls of the Menti, meaning, for, in, in my personal opinion, as a hip hopper, your goal is to reach the halls of the Menti. Your goal is to, when you see yourself in what you have been able to accomplish, you should not really see a lot of people around. 
right? You should not see a lot of people around. You should only be able to see just you and just a couple of people and just maybe you by yourself and what you have been able to accomplish and succeed at. So that's why I say all hail hip hop and whatever element that you have been blessed to manifest to the world stage, use it to the best of your ability because that is definitely you honoring your ancestors to their highest potential because this is the culture that they left us with to take over this planet and we see ourselves making it happen every day. So, oh, wow. Okay, so how would you know what symbol that you may supposed to, like you're supposed to manifest? How would you so we have to follow our bliss. Mm. Like what gives you bliss? You know, we, you know, a lot of us, you know, we want to run, we want to run from, you know, those, those basic pleasures. It's like, what gives you pleasure? Because if, if, if putting words together doesn't give you pleasure, then you definitely shouldn't do it. Because if we look at okay. <laughs> like the, the starving artists, they love what they do. It ain't about how much they're getting paid. They can literally have nothing. Cause this is what real hip hop, hip hop is like, this is really all you have. If we really want to break it down, like you have, like to me, what cannot be taken away from us is hip hop. That's what I feel like it doesn't like, cause hip hop isn't materialistic. So to me, what, the only thing we truly have in reality is hip hop and the various elements that it manifests. So, our ability to follow our bliss. So if you like putting words together, if that gives you bliss, then you should put words together. If it gives you bliss to move your body and you like to create, you know, routines and, and symbols, you like to use your body to create symbols and glyphs, then you know, okay, I need to be the breaker. I need to break. So that's why they would call breakers, you know, because you're breaking up negative energy. You're breaking up the negative energy and replacing it with positive because remember hip-hop is all alchemy so whatever form whatever element that you're manifesting it is a form of alchemy so it should be able to transmute one energy into another energy so that's why like when, when a mc a true mc steps on stage by the time he steps off the stage a the energy in the room is different when a, when a true b-boy or b-girl you know bust those moves the energy has changed they have successfully transmuted the energy from one form to another so that's why we have you know the the mc you have the dancer you have the the, the beatboxer the, the the one who can make beats just, just with their chest and their mouth you know, that's a natural talent the beatboxers then you have you know the 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 ones who just know the knowledge the ones who know the language, the ones who know how to adorn ourselves in our glyphs. You know, you know, this is some people know how to make the glyphs, you know, with, with the apparel. We all have our element of hip. There's there's no way that we don't have it. We just have to manifest what we do have. So we have to detect, we have to just ask ourselves what gives us bliss, and we have to multiply and amplify that bliss because that bliss will carry us beyond our, our circumstances and beyond our consciousness. So if we have nothing, if you are an artist and you have nothing, you have no resources, you have no idea, you always will have your element of hip hop that you can manifest to the world, that you can craft from the nothingness and completely change your environment and your situation. You always have that ability and hip hop has shown us this since its origin because it started in the nothingness and it turned into something that can literally transform 
everything around you is alchemy and that's why it is our culture our culture is alchemical we are alchemists we are natural alchemists this is who we are and the more we perform this alchemy which is our culture our essence then the more we realize everything is consciousness there is nothing outside of consciousness it is only the conscious subconscious unconscious there is nothing outside of consciousness so the only thing that can change and the only thing that will change is consciousness and the medium we use to transmute our consciousness is the culture of hip-hop one way or another Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us this last episode. We hope that it was inspiring and that you truly enjoyed the art. Now make sure that you follow us on Instagram at coexist.podcast and make sure to follow the artists and to share their art as well, because that's what this is all about. Enjoying the art and sharing the love, but also subscribe so that you can get the latest and upcoming episode. We'll see y'all next time.